email mm-hmm. because it was just now like off the cuff. I need, and we put I it need, on our yeah. social media. Uh, I'm gonna say something. I don't hear that right now. Yeah. Right? I don't hear anything. You don't hear anything? No. I hear now. I'm gonna pull a plug. You don't hear anything. Raise your hands. I'm still good. That was good. Raise your hand. I'm still good. Check, 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 check. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Ah, yeah. Ah, once again. Okay. Let me. Is this yours? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, it was a late start, y'all. The one night you show. Word up. Waiting for y'all to get into the room. We are here in the building. All right. Okay, this meeting is being live streamed. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right, feeling good today. A lot of good stuff going on. Damn, yep, it's the one night your show is going down. Start to share. I need you to share. Share, 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 share. The more you share, the more everybody cares. Yep, so it's happening. Get into the room, y'all. Get into the room. The one night the show is back. And I know that you missed this over the last couple of weeks. Had a couple of times. Sandre, you in the house? Give me a mic check. One, two, one, two. Uh huh. Y'all can hear me? Stan Moss. I'm in the house. One, two, one, two. Yes, indeed. Kathy Rojas. One, two, one, two. Yeah. There you go. All right, we are in the building. Yeah. Wow, it's cloudy today. How cloudy is it? Uh, partly cloudy, 75 <laughs> degrees in New York City. Wow, rock logic yeah, weather. A little bit of traffic uh, going on the uh, Tribal Bridge heading to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. A little bit backed up today. Okay. You say that every week. Do you really know that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's just like that's the problem every Sunday. Yeah, because yeah, okay. because normally I'm coming from work. Gotcha. So I actually see it. See it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. See? Keeping us real, right? We're yeah, keeping it real. Yeah. Nah, I'm thorough. Nah. I'm thorough. All right. Okay. One, two, three, and bang. Yes, y'all. So welcome, guys, to the One Night Your Show. Once again, this is the thing that we do every Sunday from four to seven, and it's been a little, you know, it's been a little time. Mm-hmm. We've been away from the microphones a little bit and all that, so a little bit, bit. That's been what's happening, but you know, we're in the process of continuously upgrading the studio, yeah. reconstruction. So we're doing, re, you know, reconstruction. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna redo this thing. We're gonna turn it into a television set. Mm-hmm. The cameras might look a little sharper to you because we changed the cameras, so you know that's what's happening. Right. Um, my week, a lot to talk about, but can't talk about it today. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got to perform okay. at the Universal Hip Hop Museum. Right. Barbecue that they're having okay. on 149th Street and Extension Street. Um, so can't. Bronx? In the Bronx. That's where I'll be at. Okay. And Saturday, okay. I mean, yeah. Thursday, I'll be at Washington Houses uh, over there with Claudia and me, Hector, and people. I'm DJing there, giving away uh, book bags and sneakers and free haircuts to the kids before they go to school. So that's kind of what's happening. I'm going to turn this thing over to Sandrea okay. while I swap out with my man, Mike Jones. All right, all right, all right, all right. So greetings all, greetings all. Um, my week was busy and blessed. 
this camera movement. <laughs> um, I want to first start out by saying we missed our viewership. We really did. You yep. know, it was in two weeks, um, but we're here and um, we don't like to take breaks. But every now and then we have to. So we miss you all. So welcome back. Um, I want to say congratulations to the new, new Lieutenant Governor, Brian Benjamin. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Who is a Harlem Knight. Right. So uh, he was a senator and a New York senator, a state senator, to be exact, was running for controller. So just imagine if he won, he wouldn't have been an option. So shout out to him. Give him some mic. Yes. Give yes, him yes. some mic. <laughs> uh, last week, Tuesday, uh, 817, and I'm just going to be brief on this part of it. Um, I was one of the speakers at the press conference in Queens Bridge uh, with Stan. He will yep. speak more about it. Um, I would say it was just an honor, honor, honor to be with residents, to stand with them as they filed their HP action lawsuit. HP action lawsuit is a housing parts um, lawsuit, and it deals with the issues within uh, individual apartment, the common areas, as well as the grounds of the campus. So um, residents in Holmes Towers and Isaac Houses filed. Um, their HP action lawsuit on December 13th, 2019. So it's just wonderful to know that um, residents are taking, you know, Absolutely. their rights, you know, their rights to the court. So and holding, trying to hold uh, NYCHA accountable. Um, on that evening, um, August 17th, I was actually in Stan's old hood, Lafayette Gardens. Oh, you went to Lafayette Gardens. Yes. Oh, okay. So I had a meet up with some of my colleagues from the okay. Resident Leadership Academy, um, which it's a certificate program. This is our second um, course. Um, it's four courses. It's um, it's free for NYCHA residents, and it's taught by instructors in CUNY uh, with the School of Labor and Urban Studies. So we are the second cohort, and I must say shout out to my cohort members. Give me some, uh, Mike, because uh, my class is doing so well that our time is cut. Wow. So instead of being there six to nine, we don't we, we won't be on Zoom or, you know, in class that right, long right. because we don't need, you know, they, they figured like, oh, wow, they can write. They can mm -hmm. do this. They can do that. And the majority of us all have college. So you just okay. need a high school. So that was that was a plus. We learned that this week when we went back. Um, yeah. So uh, Tuesday. So I'm breezing into this week now. Last week, rather, right now. Um, Tuesday, Holmes Towers. Um, what is it? Holmes Towers in Queensbridge had their resident council. Yeah. Um, resident council or resident association yeah. Yeah. Uh, nominees that, mm. you know, they had the elections. I'm just babbling it, but they had their elections for their association. And um, I, I don't know the outcome. Maybe Stan can speak about the outcome for Queensbridge, but okay. I'll say for Holmes, um, they have to redo because there was a tie for president and for sergeant at arms. One person was off the ballot, so they couldn't even count that. So these those two run those two elections will be done uh, next month, which is right around the corner. Right. But it's more like more to the end. So I'm going to jump into Wednesday. We had a huge community event with council member uh, Ben Kalos. Um, the Holmes Isaac Coalition co-sponsored it, the Isaac Center and other entities. Uh, we distributed backpacks, um, PPE, contact tracing was there from the city. Um, there was COVID testing being done on site. We had the mammogram van out there. It was really a really huge event. Um, and um, so that's that. Uh, one of the Isaac houses, built, Isaac houses building in which I live in, we have had an elevator outage for over a week since wow. last Saturday. So um, yesterday I had to sit down on out in the lobby. I had to put a bag out and I sat on this on the um, stairs, which I never did. I had on a dress and everything because we actually distribute PPE and food yesterday. Right. So 
the elevators were out. Both of them went out. So wow. I'm calling all elected officials, the community board. I mean, I'm reaching out to people and, you know, it was just crazy. So it was out for about two hours. A resident actually got the elevator going. People were trying, but this resident got it going. And with that said, you know, a fire department came out because I was down there with a wheelchair resident, a resident that had a walker and a resident with a cane and other residents. Like right, it was right, just disheartening right. just to see that. Um, and lastly, they said we need a specialist. So we don't know what that means. So one elevator is out. PE1 will be out until they get someone to come in. And lastly, today makes day number 427 at UES for BLM, the vigil at Carl Schultz Park. All right, all right. Give us um, some, give us some for that. A shout out to yes. my fellow colleagues, my yes, fellow organizers. So that's it. Um, you want to say a little something, Mike, since you're here before we jump into Stan? How was your week? Well, my week was smooth. My week always smooth. That's smooth, (laughs) Mike. Smooth Smooth money, Mike. We had a Ravenswood back to school event on a Friday. Okay, nice. We had a little bouncy houses. Nice. He's out in the rain. Yeah, we got wet. Soaked. Soaked. I was out there with him. Terrible. When I say we was dripping, we was dripping. (laughs) Yeah. And um, you know, we getting me and Rock still doing these schools. Okay. That's great. We um. Bronx, we're gonna do much more than we did. Okay. It's gonna be there. It's gonna be nice. So that's that's big. As well. And, um, I'm not gonna give all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you oh, well, you, you get did. to say something. Right, no, right. we want we want to hear about your week, he's brother. So smooth. Yeah. So smooth. I know he's so right. smooth yeah. that he's smooth, a gen- he's gentle right. and smooth. Right. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, so I want to definitely follow up on uh, what Sanjay was talking about. Yes. We had um. An incredible press conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to give a big shout out to Queens Legal Services, yeah. Robert Sanderman, and the whole the whole group there, Elizabeth, and you know, um, they got the media to come. And usually, um, when we have these press conferences, nobody shows up. Uh, the press don't show up. But this time, Channel uh, Channel Five was there, Channel Four, Channel Eleven. You know, so it was a nice it was a nice um, a nice time. We getting used to these new cameras, so I'm trying to figure out my position here. Right, stay there. You know, yeah. some some good. Because you might have to move over if you're blocking us. Right, so. right, yeah. right. And so, um, so back to the the lawsuit. So, um, mm-hmm. that's the first of many. I want to give a big, big, big mm-hmm. shout out to the 12 residents in Raven yes. in Queensbridge who stood up and okay. against um possible retaliation because mm-hmm. we know the people get retaliated against. Oh when yeah. We speak up. Um, against you know, whatever night you may throw, these folks stood up and said, you know, we had enough. Mm-hmm. And so we filed the lawsuit and um, that's the first of many we're going to be filing in Ravenswood next. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be filing in the store of your houses as well and awesome. also Woodside. Okay. And I'm hoping that other developments take heed, mm-hmm. you know, and do the same thing. We're following after Holmes Eyes. You guys did it before, but we got to hold nights accountable. Yeah. And one of the tools that we have is the courts, you know, yeah. so don't think that you can't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do it as a group. Right. Uh, you can't really do it individually now. I think they kind of put that on hold for individuals to do HPI. You can, but uh, just as, I mean, just fix, just can't, fix can't, pay, use they can't pay for it. So you right. still can do it. Yeah. Okay, great. So yeah. individuals, you can do this too. You know, right. we can't just sit back and deal with lack of repairs, right. lack of respect and all the rest of that. But it is more doing... powerful collectively. Right, people, collectively, right? yeah. And, and you feel like you're part of something. Right. So we feel like there's a, a, a great, great, great move that these residents did. Right. Uh, we're going to support them throughout the process. We know mm-hmm. it's not going to be an easy fight. Right. It's not going to bring immediate solutions. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But nine right. times out of ten, we're going to have to be in this fight for a while, just yeah. like you guys have been. Almost you know? two and, uh, years. Yeah. And, but but it's a start, you know. Yeah. And, um, and tomorrow, Tuesday, mm. we'll be back in Ravenswood. We're going to have a community meeting. Um, outside? And I, outside. Nice. And I'm just so happy to see the word against the blueprint spreading throughout that mm-hmm. community. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, when we first started having these meetings, uh, some of them didn't even know who Greg West was. Right. Or didn't know what the blueprint is, mm-hmm. you know. And it's such a critical time because if we don't win this fight, 
you know, it's very quite possible. I want to say this again, the public housing itself mm. can be done, you know, within a few months from now, early into next year, when you, when the state assembly comes back to actually vote on it, you know, so mm. for those living in NYCHA, if you don't know about the blueprint, please find out as much as you can tune into our show to find out as right. well, you know, but what it can really mean is in the public housing. We yeah. lost one third of NYCHA through the RAD program. Right. It may be more than that, because we do understand that they're picking right. off some buildings individually. Oh, you know? yeah. So we Sneak already lost one third, you know, mm-hmm. so this is not a rumor. Right. Or this is not something that we've been talking about. I know since a kid, when I grew up in NYCHA, I've been hearing this 40 years ago, mm-hmm. that NYCHA would be privatized and, and so forth, you know, but yeah. I want folks to really understand it's not a rumor. No. It's, happening. it's happening. And we need to really fight like it's the last yeah. thing because the public housing goes, there is no affordable housing. That's left. right. Only yeah. true. And, Only true affordable right. housing. So let me ask you, Stan, are we going to do your intro on your guests? Or you want to I'm, 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 I'm a swing real quick. Okay. Now. We have, okay. um, so hold off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got a special guest. I'm so excited right. that she's here. But I have a, a Ravenswood resident. Um, we was we were planning to show the video. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't do that. You know, but um, she, I guess when we hear so many stories, you know, I know mm-hmm. you hear stories on Sandra and, and, and I know you hear him, Kathy. Uh, from residents, you know, but right. this particular story sort of touched me more yeah. than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to let um, Latasha tell the story. And um, and then maybe Latasha pose a question to our candidate for uh, mayor here to see what she might do to resolve an issue such as this. So Latasha, right. can you hear us? Are you, is your mic up? Are you, are you, is you, are, are you there? Uh, yes, you can hear me now. Hello? I think she may be on mute. Are you on mute? Hello. Doesn't look like she's on mute. Check your sound there. Um, I'm on. All right. (laughs) I'm not sure if she's um. Hello. Can you hear me? No, but she's on. Okay, go ahead. Say something. The thing is on you. You can hear me. You can hear me. Speak. I'm. I'm. I'm trying. Okay. Okay. We get. Okay. Good. Okay. You can hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. So um okay. I just want to introduce Natasha. I don't know if you heard what I said earlier, but you know, you you told me a story which about your grandmother. It really uh touched me. So we want to bring some light to it. Um so we want to give you a time to speak to the audience and tell a little bit about what's happening, and then you could pose a question to our mayoral candidate um as to what she might do resolving an issue like this. So go go on, Natasha. Okay, yes. Um, my name is Latasha again. Um, my grandmother, she's 88 years old. My aunt, she's 66 years old. They're both senior citizens. My aunt, she cares for my grandmother. She's her caregiver. My grandmother has been bedridden for two years. She needs a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, She put in, my aunt put in for a transfer for them to get senior citizen into a senior citizen building, which was Colony Lighthouse Tower. No one has called them or anything yet. My grandmother cannot go up and down the steps. She's on the fourth floor. It takes two people to get her up and down. I called on Baisley Projects because my grandmother lives in Jamaica houses. I called Baisley Projects to find out where exactly my grandmother and my aunt was at on the waiting list. Being that the medical condition has gotten worse. Mm. My grandmother also has Alzheimer's. Mm. They told me that they're on a waiting list and they just hung up the phone on me. Wow. So nothing is being done. Basically, NYCHA is neglecting my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. being abused. She's like a prisoner in her own home because she can't go up and down the steps. Right, yeah. They need wow. a transfer. 
Now, between me and you, when you first apply for housing, they tell you on the application, if your situation changes, to let them know. Right. Mm -hmm. So who do we let know her situation has changed? That way she can be transferred. What are they doing? Waiting for my grandmother to pass away? Mm -hmm. It isn't right. And then the living conditions are horrible. I sent the videos to Stan. My did. grandmother worked for the city for 44 years. Mm -hmm. She does not deserve to be treated like this. What wow. can I do? Wow. wow. Well, uh, Latasha, we're going to um, we want you to get that story out. We're going to mm -hmm. bring we're going to get you back on. Yeah, we want to show that video because on uh, the video, I mean, you know, our grandma was mm -hmm. on the video and uh, it just it just it was mm -hmm. touching. And uh, nobody at the later years of their life should be living like that. It's just inhumane. You know, yeah. and it seems to me like they are waiting for mm -hmm. her to pass away. We just um, mm -hmm. resolve the issue that way, which yeah. is really incredible. Uh, so, Latasha, um, we're going to fight back. This is the first step. Mm. Um, this show gets viewed by a whole lot of people, a whole, whole, whole lot of folks watch it. NYCHA watches and it. And NYCHA watches it as well. So they're being told to their face, in essence, you know, what the mm. story is. And then we're going to we're going to we're going to pick back up and, and, and really bring this to the light even more. So I want to yeah. thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank um, you. We're going to show that video and have you come on again. Right. Uh, to do actually an update, you right. know, as to what has happened since you made this more public. Mm. And then we're going to we're going to fight. You know, right. we have. Uh, mayor of your candidate here who, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, who was somebody that I know very well, um, organized with. So, so Tasha, thanks for Thank tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. We're we, we, we going we to we get some more light to this in a few in, in a few. Stay, well, stay and I'll work on booking you. We'll work on a Sunday that works for you. OK, Stan is going to put you in touch with me and I'm going to book you. I'm going to bring you back on. You'll be able to come on either virtually or in person like Kathy sitting in here. So you can sit in the studio with us or you can just shoot from home as well. Okay. And also if you, if you want, if your grandmother or your aunt mm -hmm. want to come on as well, then uh, I think, I think that'd be great virtually. Right. So everybody can get the full right. essence of the story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you for tuning Thank in and, and joining us. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank okay. you. All right. All right. So I want to uh, swing it over to, um, to somebody I know personal, Sanjay, you work with as well. Um, a warrior out here in, in the fields. Um, when I was at Oregon, as, as an organizer for Justice Voice, she mm -hmm. actually knocked on doors with me mm -hmm. um, in Queensbridge. So I've seen her dedication before she was a candidate mm -hmm. as somebody that's just a fighter in our community, you know, and um, I'm very proud to to announce, yeah. you know, unless you want to add anything to to your to introduction. I just want to say it's, it's great to have you here. Um, I covered for One Night your, mm -hmm. your launch uh, in Spanish Harlem. So on the One Night your page. So welcome. Yeah. All right. Give, give, give us some. some. This is Mayor You Candidate, independent Mayor You Candidate, independent. What about Mayor you? Know about candidate, that? Kathy Rojas. She's going to yes. talk about her campaign and everything that's going on. So go on, Kathy. Thank you guys so much for having me. I mean, hearing, even though I'm hearing this story that's really, truly terrible, I'm not surprised by it. And the reason for that is because I've been an organizer in NYCHA, right? So I've been an organizer and I've been knocking on doors and I've been talking to residents in NYCHA and inaccessibility to people that are differently abled is nothing new in NYCHA, right? And then on top of that, where it's not only about the elevator, it's about the mold, the asbestos, the overall living conditions of NYCHA are truly criminal. But the reason why they're so criminal is because they want to 
make it so um, impossible for people to live there, so much so that they could convince them to privatize it. Right. right? right and right. that's what we're seeing now. Now, what my campaign um, is offering as a solution is that we have to see that New York City is the city with the most amount of millionaires and billionaires in the entire country. Talk about it. So how is it so that our that our, our city that is so rich, one of the richest cities yes. in the world, mm-hmm. doesn't have enough to offer um, fair and proper housing right. to people like her grandmother, who was a city worker for 40 years, right. right? And the reason for that is that we see that the rich continue to make millions and billions off our backs, right? right. We saw that during COVID-19, Absolutely. when Jeff Bezos made multi-billions throughout mm-hmm. COVID-19, right. and his workers were dying in the warehouse. Exactly. Right, right, right. So, these millionaires and billionaires say, oh, we're self-made. It's like, no, honey, you're not self-made. You're mm. made off our work. Yeah, literally you're made man-made. off our yeah. exploitation. You're made off our lives. So what we're saying is it's time to pay for them. Right. It's time for them to pay an equal share of taxes yes. for the amount of, of labor that they've used from us. And we want to use those taxes to fully fund NYCHA, yes, but yes. not only to fully fund, and that means to fully fund the re- the repairs, the infrastructure, but we also want to expand NYCHA, and we want to repeal the fair clock okay. yes, um, yes. that mm-hmm. says that NYCHA can't be expanded. Right. But a lot housing, of people yeah. that uh, a lot of people don't know that NYCHA residents have to pay thirty percent of their income of to rent. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not free housing. No. They no. have to pay thirty percent, but it's the only true. Affordable. Uh, affordable housing in New York City. You yeah. know, like I got accepted um, for one of those uh, luxury lottery apartments mm-hmm. in, right. in Jamaica, Queens. Okay. And when I go to see it, it's like a studio and they're like, oh, it's $2,000. Wow. Right. I'm like, how how is that affordable? I mean, wow. I can't afford that. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of luxury uh, apartments being built, a mm-hmm. lot of lottery apartments, but none of that is a- affordable. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that we are um, proposing is to make New York City a rent control city. Mm-hmm. And the way that we define that is that tenants wouldn't have to pay more than 20% mm-hmm. of their income. So that's mm-hmm. even better than NYCHA and NYCHA would also have to match that. Mm-hmm. And that way we wouldn't only have to solely depend on NYCHA in order um, to be the only true affordable housing, mm-hmm. but everything would become affordable housing, right? And we want to completely eradicate homelessness. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, that's impossible. But actually there's more vacant apartments than there are homeless people mm, in New York right. City. Oh, yeah. In New York and City. luxury buildings. Yeah. Yep, yep. And that they're just vacant, waiting to be, like, for profit to be tax, made off. Tax, yeah, the tax right And the, the thing is that when we compare um, politicians, right, like Eric Adams, the more, all of the funding that he's receiving, or most of it, and he spent, I think it's about $15 million in his campaign, right. a lot of it is coming from real estate developers, mm-hmm. right? People who stand to profit off mm. gentrification, right. off the privatization of NYCHA, off the displacement of working class people from their communities. Mm. And then when he wins, so he says he's for the people, but he's taking money from these mm. real estate developers mm. who is going to do everything in their best interest, right? 
So that's why I'm running um, under an independent party, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, okay. that believes in putting the interests of working class people first. And that's why we're saying we want a city that's truly affordable and that is going to take these vacant apartments, these 240,000 vacant apartments, and is going to give them to the 130,000 families mm -hmm. that are in shelters right now, wow. where we could literally eradicate homelessness within a few months. Right. So what we really want to show in the uh, with this campaign is that it's possible to meet all of the needs of working class people in New York City, mm -hmm. but politicians choose mm -hmm. to put the interests of the wealthy instead of our interests. But at the end of the day, it's us who are paying taxes, right? right. Studies are now like have now come out that even show that undocumented people are paying more taxes than yeah. the rich of New York wow. City. People don't even know they pay wow. taxes. Yep. Exactly. Mm. So then at the end of the day, we have to say this is our money you're using this. You're using our tax dollars um, and we want to take that money back and use it for our interests. And that's what our campaign is. All awesome. About. Awesome. Let me just address. Thanks for that. Right. Let me just address the chat room real quick um, and say hello to our viewership. We have Kim Tyree Kim. Um, in there. The room we have Anita Patterson. Uh, we have Kenneth Johnson. Thank you for watching. Uh, we have, let's see who else, um, Annette, Annette Jones is watching, Helen Williams is watching, um, that's it, and people are commenting, you know, um, what is the def what is the definition of, for, for, of affordable, it's for Kimbrough, um, but we kind of mm -hmm. um, spelled that out, um, she so said. So we put it as yeah. a 20% of tenants mm -hmm. income so right. affordable would so, be whatever right. a, a tenant if you're right. if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year your right. rent can't be more than 833 right. a month and that's understandable so you're saying 20 percent. so with that said with the 20 are you moving the cameras back and forth bro <laughs> <laughs> I call you out. You on a job like he's sitting here listening. Like you got to move it back and forth. So, <laughs> but um, and then you can bring it back. You know, you know what you're doing. Um, when you're saying the 20 percent. with that said are you going to bring night? Would you bring NYCHA down? And in the second part to the question is, uh, I know we're speaking about the affordability of for us to live in the city, but the AMI is also a problem too. Where's based there? Can you speak about that? Mm -hmm. Because it's you know based on Westchester County sure. and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. and it doesn't fit their incomes and our incomes as a whole is not the same. So, how do we work on fixing that so the AMI? AMI area medium income, that's what it means, would would fit for the people that, you know, are living mm -hmm. here. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, yeah, NYCHA would have to match that because given their, they would live under New York City, they would automatically have to go under that okay. rent control law. Um, in terms of the AMI, we did have this conversation when we were writing the platform, right? That if we did AMI of like New York City as a whole, it mm. wouldn't be fair. Mm. So then what we said was that it would be based on the tenant's income as opposed to the AMI of, the, of like okay. a certain community because we have... Mm -hmm different um like you know you could even go like uptown where you you not you, you know the uh, the upper east side upper and then east, east, east harlem that right, are like very right, close right, to each right. other the the incomes could vary greatly exactly. right mm -hmm. so then um we wanted it to be based on the tenants uh mm -hmm. income itself instead mm -hmm. of in that, that community in that community right. Right. correct and in you won't be factoring in upstate no like, no right no. yeah in that community right so, so it'll be a little more 
confined, right? A so confined we, AMI, maybe, yeah. right? Or, or actual real representation of the income right. of a community, right? As right. opposed because it says else. area, medium but, but, income, but, but, but it's broad. Right. It's very right. broad. Right. Expand that area right. way too far. Right. Okay. So now, can you talk about uh, the importance of running as an independent? You know, mm-hmm. we had the Democrat, the Democrats. We <laughs> had the Republicans. Well, I still call it Democrats. <laughs> you call them uh, Democrats. They, they, yeah, they like their cats. Well, they be doing cats. their things. And, right? and, I'm and, a Democrat. Though, but and, um, <laughs> you know, in many ways, they have not, in my opinion, have not been really representative of the concerns of, of everyday people. You know, so can you speak on why is it so important that your campaign is independent? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think as someone that lived through uh in New York City throughout COVID-19, um, lived in Elmers that was the like epicenter of the epicenter. Mm. We saw, like I saw uh, it's an immigrant community. Um, I saw how immigrants were not receiving any aid, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, housing was an issue before the pandemic. And therefore, a lot of the reason why uh, you know, the COVID contraction rates were so high in that community mm-hmm. was because it was so expensive to live there that people had to, you know, we had families of eight living in one bedroom. Right. Then they couldn't take off work, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't, they weren't able to get unemployment, they weren't able to get no, none of the mm-hmm. stimulus checks. So then boom, they have to go to work. Now, if you are living in a room with eight people and mm-hmm. two of those people are going to work, if they come back with COVID, everybody yeah. in that room oh, has that. Yeah. Then the other rooms that are in that apartment get it. And then we have a whole house with tons of people in it with mm-hmm. COVID. Right. And then if we look at um the hospital situation in the area, right? The only hospital that was public in that area is Elmer's Hospital. Right. Now, what happened? That there was so many... So when you're an immigrant, you need to go to public hospitals because you don't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And then public hospitals, what they do is they give you a payment plan based on your um, based on your income. So the only hospital that will work with you is a public hospital. So what happened? There was too many people going to Elmer, Elmer's right, Hospital right. and so much so that they had more people than they can actually attend. So what did that cause? That caused for me to go outside, walk two blocks and see trucks uh, you know, refrigerated trucks mm-hmm. be filled with the bodies oh, of my neighbors, of acquaintances, of the parents of my students, of people in our community that were dying because of government neglect, right? Mm. Because hospitals had been shutting down for nine years. Mm-hmm. It would have been possible for New York City to pass aid for undocumented people. It would have been possible for them to cancel rents and mortgages mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't have to worry about making ends meet and can stay home in quarantine. Right. Mm. But they didn't do that. They chose not to do that. Why? Because they wanted at least a few people to go to work so that people like Jeff Bezos could continue to make their billions at Mm. the expense of uh, of the lives of our community. Mm. And I said, you know what? I want to run as an independent with the Party for Socialism and Liberation that I know is a party that has dedicated Mm. uh, over a decade of Mm. their time to truly representing the interests of working class people. Shout out to PSL. PSL. And that hasn't faltered. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. You gave him him some, right? PSL? Okay. I'm sorry I didn't hear it. I I have a question because you, just to piggyback on something you mentioned about the private hospital. So I'm not clear. So maybe you need to clear this up for me. I was under the assumption, and if I'm wrong, that's fine, that no hospital can refuse mm-hmm. to treat someone. Mm-hmm. 
the private hospitals are actually refusing to treat people or what is it? No, no, no. They don't refuse, okay. but they bill you after. Right. Okay. So then if you go to a public hospital, what they do is they have like a payment plan mm. based on your income. Mm. If you go to a private hospital, mm. I mean, I'm not saying to do this, but what, mm. what can have been done, not saying to do it, is a given a fake name. Because if you give your <laughs> if you give your real name, if you give your real name, mm. you're gonna get billed for that. And mm. an emergency room could cost you upwards of ten thousand oh, yeah. right. dollars. You know what I mean? Right. So then people have to make that decision, like, mm. oh my God, am I gonna have to be and that 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 has serious mm. repercussions for someone that's an immigrant, you know what okay. I mean? So then they they and, and so then they have to choose. Okay, so I just want clarity because it, it didn't sound like that but that you made it clear so yeah, and for right, anybody thought, else and right. there's also a lot of people that aren't aren't immigrants but are also uninsured right, right? Mm-hmm. and then um for them as well you know they would have to or they it would be much better for them to go to a public hospital because they'll mm-hmm. give them a payment plan that works mm-hmm. with their or help them apply for medicare or right, something like that exactly. yeah and that's that won't be in the er though so they right, would have to come right, back right, right so yeah okay mm-hmm. okay let me do a question out um so I know PSL, that's that's socialist, right? So yeah. how I know folks um, sometimes give the term, uh, make it a negative term. Uh, why is it not a negative term? And, and, and are you finding that people are receptive, you know, to that word? I know they're going to use yeah, that Yeah, definitely. You. I mean, I grew up in New York City public schools. My teachers were predominantly white. And, you know, they taught me that uh, socialism meant dictatorship. And it wasn't until I went to college and studied political science, I realized that socialism mm. was an economic system and dictatorship is a political one. Mm. And that socialism could be of, one, of a system that is very democratic or mm. one that's very dictatorial and that it looks very different in different places. I think in essence, though, what socialism is, is to put the interests of working class people in the forefront of all decision, economic and political decisions, um, and not put the interests of the rich. The way that capitalism works is that you have to put the interests of profit of the profit of the rich in the forefront. And there's the theory of trickle down economics that mm-hmm. that that little bit of profit will trickle trickle down and everybody will get their piece. As working class people in 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 the U.S., I think for a lot of us, we know that that's a fallacy. And that's why, uh, you know, I chose to become a socialist uh, in college about 10 years ago. Um, and mm. that's something that I'm still fighting for today. OK, awesome. So it's, it's funny you saying that because I, I, I come from law enforcement. I'm medically retired. Um, I supervise paper for um, NYPD. So and but also push back against, you know, injustices. So I mm-hmm. remember one of my former colleagues asked me, he said, because um, I guess he was seeing how I was on social media about different things. And he was like, are you a socialist? And, it, 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 you know, but it's like if you're about humanity, right. I think we all are. Right. right? Absolutely. Um, but I have a question from Kim Tyree. She's putting a couple quite a bit of things in there, but I'm just going to ask this one. Um, what are your views on defunding the police? How did how did that well, get set I, up? I, I know you. I know you. <laughs> how did that, that yeah. get set up? Right. I know you're going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Kim. Right. Okay. Kim cool. Asked okay. So, cool. So, uh-huh. The are. police has right now 11 billion dollars in funding. Mm-hmm. Studies have come out to show that only um, they only solve two percent of major crime. This is over a 10 year study. Um, and you know, I think that we all. And then it, let me just break down policing. What do what does policing do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the crimes that police are arresting for people for nonviolent or small small infractions right mm-hmm. what we call poverty crimes stealing shoplifting all these things that could be solved if the basic needs of our people were met 
right? But let's okay. say people are getting criminalized, um, you know, when weed was illegal uh, because they were right. selling weed, right? So then, boom, they're going to jail. And I've seen this, right? As a high school teacher, I've seen kids that go to jail at very young ages who mm-hmm. juvie, uh, you know, uh, maybe 15, 16 years old for a crime that they may have committed. And then what happens to them in there? When they're in there, they basically have to, uh, you know, survive. They're not fully developed as people. They're easily influenced. They have been taught through this patriarchal society that in order to be a man, Mm -hmm. they need to be beating up other men or to show that they're the alpha man physically, right? Right. So what does that lead to? Many times that leads to them joining a gang, becoming more violent, plus all the traumatic experiences that they endure in jail. Boom, they come out. Now, when they come out, they don't have access to jobs the way they used to. They don't have access to financial aid to go to college. They don't have access to housing. We know that in NYCHA, they're actually barred from living in NYCHA. And um, it basically, and then there's just the general stigma and then the actual trauma that they now have to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. So they're kind of barred from everything. So a lot of times that leads people to fall right back into things that maybe they shouldn't do, right? And then what what happens? Maybe they have a kid throughout the time that they're out. But most, a lot of times when people are coming out, they go back in, right? Boom, now they go back in. They've left a a kid without a father, Mm -hmm. a single mother mother household, uh, a a family without without support, a community without a vote, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we completely break down the community. And we see this with statistics, right? If we Mm -hmm. look at any community that has been hyper-policed, do we actually see uh, criminality dwindling? No, we don't. Mm -hmm. What we see is broken communities. So what we are saying is we want safe communities. And in order to have safe communities, we need to give our communities the resources they need Mm -hmm. to thrive. That means housing, education, healthcare, food, all of these things. So how can we do that without funding? So what we want to do is reallocate $6 billion of funding to the needs of our community and to violence intervention programs. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Elite Learners is one that we have actually uh, interviewed in my lives uh combos con kati and the uh, violence intervention programs they are mentorship programs where people who have actually come out many times um of prison and, and are re-entering society they are trained to be mentors to youth to have them follow the right path there are people that are already respected in the community it also allows them to find a job doing something that is beneficial for the community mm. and then um they they basically also teach kids conflict resolution help them find jobs and they, they've gone as far as walking kids home from high schools if they know they have a problem with a kid in another high school, mm. right? They walk both of them home. Then they make appointments with both of their family members, like the entire families, yeah. to create conflict resolution. Mm. And we've seen very high success rates in 2017, uh, these crisis intervention bro- programs in the South Bronx, in the blocks that they uh, did their work in, mm. actually had a reduction of 63% in shootings mm-hmm. now 63 percent is a lot better than two percent oh, yeah. right, so right. what we're saying is let's fund what works and let's fund empowerment and transformation of our mm-hmm. communities instead of the criminalization of our communities so yeah. well that's a big difference from um, eric adams uh, who's a former cop so i think you yeah. know you definitely um separated yourself from him with your answer oh, i think that's a big, big 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 separation 
So that segue segue into, uh, you know, as as the mayor, you would have um, control over the city jails, not the state jails. So Mm -hmm. Department of Corrections, city Department of Corrections. So we know with corrections, they're um, they're not coming with the seals and not coming to work. They're doing doubles and triple shifts, which uh, is massive overtime. There's also abuse and all that. So there's a lot of corruption, of course, in there you know, abuse of authority, but there's also, it's also a money generator mm-hmm. as well because there's not enough seals if needed. Um, I know they're trying to close Rikers down. Um, I was p- uh, part of the crew with, with no new jails against, right, no new know, jails, yeah. against the new jails, but what would, what would be maybe a solution for you mm-hmm. as a mayor, a mayor to tackle the city jail issues, um, the abuse in the jails, um, the massive overtime that they're making, because if there's if their salary is maybe 80 grand a year um, with the overtime, they're making like 150 to 200 thousand. Like wow. they're making good money, wow. you know, because I know with the with with since 2020, since George Floyd death, with all the overtime for cops, you know, the average cop that would have never been making six figures. They all made six figures easily. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so I was actually part of the No New Jails movement as okay. well and was advocating and continue to advocate for the closure of Rikers okay. without building new jails. Okay. I think that when we look at Rikers, we need to look at who's in there for violent crime and mm. who's actually waiting uh, just to pay bail, right? right? Um, And we actually want to cancel a cash bail, right? Mm. Because we see it as a way to kind of, uh, to put people in jail, Um simply because they're poor, right? Okay. We People are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Definitely. And what's happening is that they're being sent to jail and if they don't have the bail money, they mm-hmm. have to stay there or they have to get the bond, but you lose the bond. You don't mm-hmm. get the bond back. So, right. you're, you're, so you're basically paying for something that you will m- many times not be, not mm-hmm. be guilty for, you know? Um, but we think that there's a lot of people in jail that do not need to be in jail, right? right? We know that most people are there for nonviolent crimes. Mm. We think those people need to go home, people that are there for poverty crimes, and that we need to fund uh, resources in our communities, Mm. rehabilitation centers. We know that Rikers is one of the biggest mental health facilities Mm. in New Mm. York City, right? We need to be funding true mental health uh, facilities that aren't uh, criminalization centers, that aren't jails. Mm. We need to be funding education, after-school programs, mentorship programs. And at the end of the day, we need to re- like we need to reimagine the way we look at jails, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not just about punishment, but it's about rehabilitating that individual exactly. right, in right. order for them to come back into society and be a productive member right. of their community. So we need to really look at how jails are working and why it's so abusive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've I've watched and and if you watch like I watch a uh, you know series of like mm-hmm. Swiss series um and they talk about you know there was like this one that i was watching of a mass shooting and and that's terrible right but in the movie they show them going to like one of the worst jails and it's beautiful it looks it looks like it looked like my college dorm room you know Mm -hmm. and they had all of these resources they showed ceos hugging them and their Mm -hmm. their you know daily appointments with the therapist and uh, you know it, it is we have to think long term right 
we can't just be reactionary and be like, oh, well, they stole this and right. therefore they need to be punished. Right. It's like, no, but how are we going to actually create a society that's healed? Mm. Right. Mm. And we need to uh, provide healing right. in, in, in these centers. Right. Um, so that that's that's what I think uh, okay. our yeah. our point. Because I think we all know um, bail reform was. You know, it was good. And we also had the fear mongering uh, regarding bail reform mm-hmm. um, from people. So sadly, but um, when we when we look at the jails also. So we're speaking of right now jails because her jurisdiction would not be upstate like, you know, state right. prisons. Right. So we're speaking of. But on on the spectrum of both education is very key, mm-hmm. you know, getting there. If they don't have a GED, getting their GED. Right. Um, my sister-in-law used to teach in the prisons as well, um, the city jails. But just to to be able to do that, um, learn some type of trade um, in the jails because they're there to help. Maybe they can't make bail and not getting bail, um, them getting education. Because I think it was, I don't know, might have been Pataki. Somebody had took it out of the state mm-hmm. prisons in the past, you know, for them to get degrees. But they are, it's back, you know, they're able to get the degrees. And that's very important to come out. But one thing I would like to, and it goes for the state prisons because they really make and they, you know, on the core craft and all other things that they they built, you know, um, desk and, you know, they make scrubs, they make right. the sanitizer. Yeah. It's not just lights and plates, but they do work also in, mm-hmm. in city jails. Also, my whole thing is I would like them to see mm-hmm. and hopefully you can work on it and other people can work on it. You know, the, the pay they get, give them at least mm-hmm. minimum wage, right? because when you look at the families that are separated so if a husband or a boyfriend or your baby daddy, however you want to call mm-hmm. him, is locked up, you're helping with his commissary, right? Right. You know, families are sending. But if he's making a he or she who's ever in there is making a little decent mm-hmm. money, they that's they could that's the you don't have to send them any money. Right. So I think that should definitely be ways because that's slave that's supposed to slave slave labor well i think that's a great that's a really important point because if we look at the history of america right we know that after the 13th amendment um when they said that slavery is illegal Mm. it said slavery is illegal except as a punishment Mm. for crime Mm. right so so what did that mean they started creating black codes yes and um these laws that only apply to black and brown people Mm -hmm. in order to get them in jail so that they could be slaves again right wow weed Mm. the if we look at and there's still black codes right Mm. like the criminalization Mm. of weed uh, it was about 90 percent. i mean it changed every year but it was about 90 percent of people that were arrested for weed in new york city were black and brown even Mm. though all studies shows that people across races use and sell weed at the same amount everything else (laughs) but they were only using that law to stop black and brown people yeah and then when they go to jail what happens they get they get jobs with corporations so basically the jails uh the prisons sell their labor mm-hmm. to like you know victoria's secret mm-hmm. whole foods a uh, johnson and johnson and they sell their labor to these companies and um they pay you know they pay the city something and they pay the workers maybe 24 cents a day 24 cents an hour i mean it varies by yeah. wherever you are in the united states yeah but it Horrible. is really a true like mm. it is literally an uh uh a different way of of saying slavery in the United States. Yeah. But it is a form that slavery has been extended yeah. and it's something that needs to end. If mm-hmm. people are working in prison, they need to be paid the yes, minimum wage exactly. of that state. Give, give us some, because that's, mm, that's, what, I, that's, that's big, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's my fight. Yeah, And they need to be able to vote. 
Yeah. You know, we need to give them right uh, back their 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 ability to vote. Right. Mm -hmm. When we look at even the Electoral College. Right. Mm -hmm. Why was the Electoral College created Mm -hmm. so that northern cities didn't have as much power and southern cities they had the three-fifths compromise right mm-hmm. where uh, a, a person of color a black person was only considered three-fifths of a person mm-hmm. right but then why did they give them even three-fifths because right. they wanted them to count in part of the population mm-hmm. so they could have more representatives mm-hmm. in the electoral college mm-hmm. and this is exactly what they're doing in yeah. prisons right. where they're not actually counting these prisoners like they're counting them as part of the population of course so then they get more people in the electoral college in the census in the assembly all of these yep. things but they're not allowed to vote right so it's a way of continuing mm-hmm. uh the marginalization of black and brown people in the united states and we right. need to end that yeah and i'm sorry saying this last thing and mm-hmm. i'll let you know because everything is just segueing into my thoughts so mm-hmm. when you mentioned voting right so i understand the part of upstate you sentence so that you you lost that right we can't fight for that but the ones that are in city jail that are not convicted they're not voting Mm-hmm. They don't have the right to vote and their families are not counting them on their census when they should. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're not upstate. But how could you as, a, as the mayor make sure that the people in Rikers and other facilities, mm-hmm. city jails, what is it? Um, the tombs, you know, all right, these different, right, right. you know, different boroughs have them, the jails. How can you work on making sure they can vote? That's very important. Yeah, I mean, I would only have jurisdiction over New York City. That's what I'm but saying. But that is part of our plan. To yeah. Give um New York City anyone who's in jail should have the yeah. right to vote. You know, and I think that people are like, oh well, if they committed a crime, then they don't know how to make sound decisions. Mm-hmm. But if you committed a crime, then you're a perfect example. You know exactly mm-hmm. what is not working in this mm-hmm. society right, that right. makes people do things that maybe right. they shouldn't. Right. Right. So then you would know who to vote for mm-hmm. to create create a system mm. that is going to make sure that everybody excels. Yeah. So we need that voice right. in politics. And yeah. we, we we believe in giving um people in jails the right to yeah. vote. And to be clear, those one second, to be clear, those that are in jail, like Rikers and stuff, are not sentenced. Mm-hmm. So, so they, can, they still, still should be able to right. vote. They're right. innocent. Now, there's a small percentage that are still there doing time, right? If they got a really low sentence, they don't send them upstate. But other than that, if they're not convicted, they should be able to vote. I'm sorry, go. go. Oh, no, <laughs> I, was, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Somebody say that you can't, I mean, you, if you committed a crime, you're not a sound decision to vote. If you're mm-hmm. in a city jail, mm-hmm. you have to prove that um, I mean, that's the reason why they're going. Mm-hmm. Due, due process, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. and it's not completed yet, so. That's that's something to fight for. They're saying I know I kept jumping in. It was just it was just you know you know what you know where I'm at, yeah, right? So everything was just laying out. But yes, well, I, I know uh, the whole issue of schools and, mm-hmm. and the virus is coming. We were talking about that before, and as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, I have my concerns about sending my kid back. So can you talk about what you think the best policy should be as we enter into the school year, which is starting right now, mm-hmm. right around right around the corner, as this Delta uh, variant is, is raging? So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, honestly, we need to take away mayoral control of the mm. Department of Education. Mm. And the reason for that Jeez. is... Give us That's good. Yeah. And I think COVID-19 has shown us why. Because if 
uh, the mayor were to have really listened to teachers, to parents, to mm -hmm. students, and to what they wanted, we wouldn't have had this continual back and forth. Right. Literally now, the Blasio is like, you know what? Maybe we should have a remote option. I'm like, bro, we're opening in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Why are you lit? Like, we've been telling you this since COVID-19 started. Right. We need a remote option. We need a remote option at all times. Why? Because when I was teaching and I was an in-person teacher, so I went in um, through COVID-19, okay. um, we only had about 10 to 15 students in the class. We were getting shut down every other week. You know, right. schools were getting shut down, classrooms were getting shut down, students were being sent home. And this is with 10 to 15 students. Now we're looking at classrooms with 30 students, 25 students. How is it possible that before we were only shutting down, we were shutting down maybe twice a month, and now we're not, you know, we're not going to shut down. So then what happens when we shut down? Kids are going to be left without any instruction whatsoever. They're not right. going to be learning at all, right? But then we also have students that are immune compromised, right? right. There is no mandate on vaccinations for students. Right. So and like there's really no way they're like, oh, now they changed it to three feet that you have to be three feet socially distant. Oh it's not six feet anyway anymore. Wow. But there's really no way. I mean, honestly, I went in the building, students were like hugging each other outside. Mm -hmm. You know, they had girlfriends and boyfriends in other classrooms. They literally have one period, one whole hour where they take off their mask, they're in the same room and they're all eating together. I mean, it's it's literally impossible. It's an incubator about to, to, to breathe. Exactly. So then if we have students that are immunocompromised or have family members at home that are immunocompromised, they should have the choice right. to learn remotely to save their lives. And would that's something that we've been telling uh, de Blasio mm -hmm. uh, forever, that the UFT, our union, right. has been telling, that mm -hmm. parent groups have been asking for, and he just continues to make the decisions without us right. very undemocratically mm -hmm. and then he takes steps back and mm -hmm. then he does what we had said in the beginning except right. he does it out of you know out of nowhere and then parents have to find daycare right. they have to quit their jobs it, it just creates so much stress yeah. um yeah so i i, I mean i i think they definitely have to provide a remote option. Yeah. Um, it's something that they're now open to for kids that are, you know, have uh, are medically fragile is what mm -hmm. they said. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to measure that. Wow. wow. Emily, Emily Johnson says no distancing can be done. Thanks for tuning in, Emily. Yeah. Um, I'm baffled with some parents. I mean, I, I have two adult kids, so I'm not in the mix of this, but I have two grands. I'm a glamour. But <laughs> with that said, like, I, I, I hear both sides like, oh, my kids are going to school. And I'm like, OK, you just want your kids out the house. Mm -hmm. Right. You right. know, you just want your kids out the house. That's it. Right. You know, are you really concerned with their safety? Mm -hmm. You know, because if there was something that came out, it's been on CNN that a teacher came in that wasn't vaccinated and taught the kids. I don't know what state it was in. And she took her mask off to read and infected half a class. Oh my right. God. Right. So. You know, I mean, as a parent, it, it is a tough issue. You know, yeah. as I do know, um, a lot of kids were not learning. Uh, my own daughter struggled with the uh, remote learning. But I guess at the end of the day, you'd rather have them alive, right? right. Rather than, than dead. Right. You know, so it, they got to fix this because it is it's incredibly frustrating as a parent, mm -hmm. not knowing really what's going to happen. And it's right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And we still seem to be very uncertain about it. Well, yeah. and what we're saying is because personally, I prefer to go in person. Okay. Um, I don't want to be home mm -hmm. and I'm vaccinated. Right. Um, 
So I don't live with anybody that's mm. immunocompromised. Right. I'm not immunocompromised. I mm. want to go to school. Right. But I think that there should be still the choice, the option, right? Yeah. There yeah. should be the option Definitely. for those for those that feel like me, for mm. those parents that don't want the kids in the house. And I don't think it's good. Honestly, I don't think it's good for those kids to be in the house. I'm sure they also want to get away. And, right. you know, and I've talked to students that don't have the best living situation. And they're like, no, I need to go back to school. Right. And for those students, it's, you know, come back. You know, mm-hmm. and there's going to there's a lot of teachers like me, you know, that are going to be there. But there still needs to be an option for right. remote students, right. for students that want to. And it's less kids. Remote. It's mm-hmm. less kids that you would have exactly. to, to and less con- You know, right. you know, yeah, there, there would be less contact. Right. It would just be safer for everyone. Because even last year. Right. When it was it was mixed mm-hmm. and yeah. everybody didn't have the vaccine. Right. Right. So that was really like a Russian roulette type thing with the virus. You know, wow, it's just it's just baffling. And I think this mayor now, um, I think he has his gloves off because, you know, him and, you know, him and Cuomo had the worst relationship. Mm -hmm. It was literally non-existent. So, yeah, so now it's like, you know, he can say and do what he want. And we got to see if she's going to, you know, step on him on some things. But, yeah. Well, I guess I you're going to you're going to be in that situation soon. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so. but one thing I, I do want to point out is going back to independent politics, you know how the media mm-hmm. doesn't cover. Have you been getting any media coverage? I know I know um, during the primaries, they all they're everywhere. They right. follow the mayoral candidates all around they, wherever they go. Four or five of them are there. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I just think it's totally unfair. You know, when you're running as an independent, you know, and also in the general election, None of that stuff is happening. So it's hard to get your voice out. So can you speak a little bit about that and the unfairness of that? Mm -hmm. No, it's definitely been difficult. I mean, um, those that that ran or wanted to run for the Democrats and Republicans, they were like allowed to start campaigning. I I don't even know. I think it was like as early as November of last Mm -hmm. year. We weren't allowed to begin petitioning. I believe it was like mid-May. And we didn't know whether I would even be on the ballot, like if the petitions were approved until June. Yeah. Um. So it, that actually that did, delayed us a lot. But I mean, we're not allowed to be on the um in the debate unless we get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in donations. Mm-hmm. So unless wow. we yes. So unless, Say that again. That's incredible. Go ahead. So the donation threshold um to be part of the the mayoral debate is about one hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Um. And unless we pander to the rich or we are rich, then basically we can, mm-hmm. we're not, we're, we're not rich. And we also don't want to pander to the rich. We're mm-hmm. getting our donations from everyday working class people. Wow. Um, so, you know, so we will be out there protesting and I'll be tweeting my responses right. to it. Um, but okay. definitely the mainstream media has been, um, they yeah, yeah, they haven't been showing us any light, even people like news reporters from mainstream media who I had done, you know, multiple interviews about local issues before they were like, oh, yeah, we can't, you know, they were silent. I told them, I'm like, oh, I'm running for mayor now. These are like our this is our political platform. These are the people that are are endorsing us. Um, You know, this is our website. Like this is a Mm -hmm. real campaign Mm -hmm. and um, they're not. But, you know, we at the end of the day, what we really think is important is for the most amount of New Yorkers to be exposed to our political platform so much so that whoever wins, Mm -hmm. they themselves fight for for, um, the laws that we wanted to pass, for Mm -hmm. the vision that we had for New York City. Mm -hmm. Because more important than one politician- That we have. 
Don't say had like, yes, yes, like yes, you yes, lost. Yes. You're yeah, still right. in the race. Yeah, right. Have. I got right. you. I got right. you, sis. <laughs> I'm gentle uh, with that, but yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I think that more important than like any politician is, is really the power of the people. So yes. I think that we really want to let people know, like at the end of the day, regardless of who wins, what's going to be the most important is whether New Yorkers unite to make a New York, uh, New York that works for working class people or not. Wow. Well, I just want to say, um, I know Eric uh, Adams, I guess, is hmm. a prohibitive favorite. You know, and folks in NYCHA, a lot of folks probably voted for him. You know, hmm. and I really, truly believe, although he's been extremely evasive, but I believe he's for the popularization of NYCHA. Hmm. I know he's very close friends with Donovan Richards, who's also for the popularization of NYCHA. You know, so you are a choice, you hmm. know, and I think the NYCHA residents should know, don't always vote against your own interests. You know, hmm. vote for the person who has policies that represent you. Right. right and I don't right. think the current prohibitive favorite right. does that, in my opinion. Right. right. And I'm also a little um fearful of how he's gonna handle the police department. You mm. know, um I knew he was when I was working, you know, as a civilian supervisor and even before I got promoted as a civilian, I knew he was ahead of hundred black and for lost hundred black law enforcement. He was the president. And I remember who he was. I never got to meet him. I met him like recently at an event, but here nor there. But just the way he was and now to see the power that he has gotten mm -hmm. from being in the Senate, from being a borough president, you know, he's, he's arrogant, you know, oh, well, he's very arrogant he and um, I'm not sure how he's going to do the people. Um, I know if he does get in, the streets are going to get full again. Mm -hmm. The people are going to be protesting. They're going to be a Gracie mansion, but um, I want to segue into primary mm -hmm. right um because i know uh dr jesse fields um they'll you know seek a lot of them are independents she did something in florida and now in florida i believe they can vote in the primary like mm -hmm. you know for an independent so i would hope you know i'm still a democrat but you never know i might shift gears one day and a lot of people independents were the con then i guess the current some of the current ones were once democrats give or right. take or something mm -hmm. but it is my hopes that we get to a place that when we have our primaries mm -hmm. that the independents are in it too so that means it would be a republican one republican one democrat and one independent because mm -hmm. now in this race, you're still calling with a couple of independents. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So that's the, that's what makes it unfair, too. So if they have what, what do we have in here? Right. Um, if we have that and then it'll, it'll be three people to vote for in the general election, three mm -hmm. different um, the independent, the Democrat. Right. Wouldn't that make sense? Oh, that would make sense. Like yeah. you're saying, like all the independents be like in one um because mm -hmm. they will be primary with the regular because y'all can't we can't yeah, yeah, yeah. like the primaries. Right. So y'all can't y'all can't even be in the primary. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem. So if they allow y'all to be in the primary, right. it cancels sense. out. It's one person coming right. forward. Right. Then and all the independents independent. get behind that one person. And right. people, same, same like thing. they do the Democrats and the Republicans. Yes. And that makes it a fair system. And, right. and you get covered with right. the press exactly. you know, just because right. now it's like if the press is not covering you, it's so difficult to get the message. Right. Out. right. And I think that's by design. Right. They, of course. They really don't want we this have to independent fight for voice it. to be heard you know, right. because it doesn't represent this two party broken system that right. we're dealing but with. But we have to fight for it. You right. know, right. I, like I said, I'm a de Democrat, but I, I will fight. I'm a Democrat. Right. Democrat. I can't even talk. <laughs> I will fight for it because it's, it's just the right thing to do. Right. Right. And it just cancels out how many is running in this race. Because when you think about it, it's they're, they're split votes. 
Right. And so, it would be a true demonstration of democracy. Exactly. Right? At the end of the day, we need to stop thinking of democracy as a two party system that right. say own like very similar things in different ways or like, but their policies are, you know, not that drastically different. And we need to allow other people with other ideas, yeah. with other policies to engage in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely, I think that if we want a democratic society, we need to really be supporting yeah. Uh, you know, political elections with more than just two party yeah. candidates. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And I think that's the reason why um, a lot of people don't vote, you yeah. know, because you really look at it, they are the same. You know, they yeah. may have different titles, but, you know, um, de Blasio is a Democrat, mm-hmm. but he's um, a privatization czar in his own mm-hmm. right. And he's in the pockets of these developers, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. I mean, what makes you any different than a Republican? You know, right. when you really get down to it, he's, yeah. our, he's our enemy. So, yeah. I'm not a Democrat no more. I used to right. form me. I got, yeah, is, right? I'm out, okay. you know, okay. because I've seen how it doesn't really represent mm. our people. When I was going to run, I had to fully disclose I was with PSL. Right. They, they were going to back my campaign when a whole lot of people would not. Right. You know, so-called progressive Democrats mm-hmm. would not. So right. it's like, you know what? I mean, you say you want progress and be, and, and be progressive, but you have that title over you. You really not really progressive at all in, right. in many ways. So. Yeah. I've experienced it. So yeah. I wish you, I know it's, it's challenging. Yes. You know, it, it's tough out there when you're trying wow. to do something a little bit different. How could people donate to your campaign? So if people go to Rojas for mayor, so that's Rojas, the number four mayor.nyc, and they live, they click on the right hand like sidebar, there'll be a, a thing there that says donate, or they could follow me on um, Instagram. So that's Rojas number four mayor, or on Twitter, which is Rojas number four mayor 2023. 2021 that's what it is okay and then i'll have like the links in bio and stuff to donate and we also have a fundraiser okay um coming up tell us about it yes so we have a fundraiser coming up on september 11th it's it's called uh baila con kati it's gonna be in star bar in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and it's a sliding scale donation between ten dollars and twenty dollars so we wanted to make it as accessible as possible Mm -hmm. to working class people nice um yeah so while eric adams is meeting with people in the hamptons (laughs) <laughs> we just want to meet with y'all. So definitely right. come out, party with us. We're going right. to have a DJ, drinks, nice. food. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, he even went to see the president. Go figure. I don't even know why we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, why, did he, why did he even do that? Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how arrogant Well, so um, It's all posturing. You know, he's, yeah. um, he's but why? It. Well, yeah. You're, you're not, yeah, you're I mean, not in yet. Go I, see him yeah. if you're in. You're not even I'm, I'm in from, yet. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, so yeah. we've been dealing with Eric Adams I for know. a while. You I know. know. So, you know, Brooklyn, as a Book and Ike, you know, I live in Queens, but I'm, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, Bedside. You know, there's a lot of concerns, you know, for people that know him right. personally, you know, for over these years. Right. And, Does he live uh, here? Lot, Does he live in Jersey? Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say again, I'm from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks have not seen Eric Adams walking down the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> so I where mean, does he live at, so right? If he lived in Bed-Stuy, you they know, would see a, him. somebody in Bed-Stuy that I know, neighbors that I know, would have said, well, we saw Eric Adams go to the store. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hear that talk. So, you know, I mean, I'm going to say it like That's it is. Cray, cray. I really don't think he lives in Brooklyn. He shouldn't be allowed. He shouldn't be allowed to really run mm. if that's the case. He's over there in Jersey. Call him out, Stan. He's over there in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, call him out, Stan. Let, 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 let's call it like it is. He, he said, does not live in. I mean, he don't live in no Buckley. He don't. He said like one day in an interview that he had to wear like a bulletproof vest to go out in the community or something. I'm like, oh, anyone to carry on, a gun. Any wants to carry a gun. You know, oh, yeah. That's a joke. He's, he's scary. He's scary. Yeah. What you want to say, Mike? Before we wind this up. Oh, and speak it to the mic, brother. That. Speak into the Come mic. Come on, I want to say that. 
I love her so bad. You love her? Uh, so, so, so you can vote for her then, yes, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because, be honest, thank I ain't even have to ask no questions. She already answered everything. Thank already you so much. Everything. I appreciate you. I mean, she so you're definitely great. on the ballot. Yes, yeah, I'm definitely. on the ballot. Good. NYCHA resident support. Eric Adams is not. He's not a candidate that represents the interests of those in NYCHA. So here's an opportunity to vote for somebody I believe does represent we have options we yeah. have options don't just yep. vote because yeah. you're democrat mm-hmm. for the person that's a democrat right. look at their policies yeah all right y'all so um any closing remarks before we wind down you want to say to the viewership and uh, we'll thank you after that <laughs> um yeah i registered a vote but mm-hmm. you know i'll be on the ballot november 2nd under kathy rojas is gonna say uh socialism and lib because they didn't allow us to write the whole party for okay mm, um nice. so definitely come out and vote at the end of the day what we want to do is show that you know that new yorkers are really thinking outside of the box that we're not going to settle for the same old same old we're not going to settle for the same privatization Mm -hmm. for the you know for defending the interests of the rich while we're breaking our backs and that we need something new so definitely go out to vote okay very intelligent any final remarks from you very intelligent candidate here vote for the policies don't vote for also just, just vote for the policies. Mm-hmm. Vote your best interest. And you have a candidate here that I think represents the interest right. of working class people mm-hmm. and those in NYCHA. So use your power to vote for those who, who are representing you. Any closing remarks? Put the camera on you, brother. And speak into <laughs> the mic with that voice. voice yeah, he's all soft. He's all like, like I say all the time, I just want everybody to subscribe to our page, One NYCHA TV on YouTube, and make sure that you share, share and follow. Share and follow. Okay, okay. Click like and subscribe. Yeah, I'll close this out. So it was a pleasure to have you. Um, Yeah, a lot of information and I know people can follow you and um, yeah, this is going to be exciting. I mean, you give you're giving people options and that that's what it's about. You know, when I reached out to the team, your team, and I was like, you know, we got to get her on. That's why I covered it, you know, because I needed people to have options. So we don't think it's just because I know nobody, none of us are voting for the other guy, that, right. re, that Republican. But with that said, I see, well, whatever his name is, not even gonna give him no energy on here. But the other guy that we were talking about, you know, I don't want people to think it's just about him. There's other options and you right. are a very viable option. And hopefully people will follow you, um, your social media, follow you throughout the city. You know, you're going to make your rounds and um you know, donate to her campaign. She gave it to you. We'll put it in the chat later and um, give, 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 let's get her to $150,000 so she can be in the debates too. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. yeah. All right. So one, yeah. One night to one people. Thank you all of one our viewership for um, watching. We're signing off. <laughs> one night to one people. Come on, let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs>